F as in Frank, right? F L O M M. M as in Mary. Flom. F L O O M. M M. Flom. Flom. Capital. Let's spell it again. Okay. F as in Frank. L O M M. Flom. Got it. Um, like you know, F L like Floyd, and then Om like dot com. So Flom. This is Radio Flom. Let me hear you do it. This is Radio Flom. Exactly. You know, right. it almost sounds like a joke. I know. You know, some wacko. Oh, I might play the game for two takes, but boy, that'd be the end of it. The first thing that comes to my mind would be, kiss my ass goodbye. <laughs> I think on about the, at least the fifth take, as that's what would have happened. Did you go on the internet or something and... Uh, See if you can run any information down on it. Oh, no, I know this guy. I listened to his radio show. It's a good show. That's the reason you didn't tell him to kiss off. Yeah, no, I know. Because you knew that you knew he wasn't, uh, yeah. wasn't joking you. No, he's a friend from Sacramento. All right. All right. All right. That makes sense. Now I can understand why you had patience with him. Now everything's good. I'm comfortable with your story. Totally lost If I'm asking for help It's only because Being with you Has opened my eyes Could I ever believe Such a perfect surprise I keep asking myself I keep wondering how I keep closing my eyes But I can't block you out Wanna fly to a place Where it's just you and me Nobody else So we can be free Nobody else So we can be free All the things she said All the things she said
This was Lauren Rocket. Her latest album, Shy Girl, is streaming on Spotify and beyond. Did you just play that three times? If you think about it, life is a bunch of loops. Five minutes past 12 midnight. Sacramento, the heart of California and around the world. Genuine Modern Radio. Radio Flom. Nuggets, uh, finally, I tried them. The Beyond ones? Yeah. I thought they were impossible when I ordered it. And they're like, no, sir, that's Beyond. What a faux pas. (laughs) I know. It's like ordering Coke when they only have Pepsi and you go, okay, I'll have Pepsi. (laughs) Is Beyond okay? Uh, well, it's, I am fascinated by fake foods, which I think is a great idea for. Uh, doing the vegetarian thing especially if there's something you really love so uh, they taste like the uh, lemon herbs and spices breading with uh, extra salt you know what I agree because I actually had them too Uh oh. and um, <laughs> you know what's you know what's the most frustrating thing about it huh. I said can you do a famous bowl with these and they straight up told me no and I was just like what are you guys doing in there well the fake meats cost more. Like, I tried to modify the Impossible Burger yeah. at Burger King, and one place helped me, but the other one was just like, oh, no, sir, we can't do that. Who f- Who's fucking in charge of this shit? Who's like, yes, let's put the meatless thing on the menu so they'll shut the fuck up. No, I want the famous bowl with the Beyond Nuggets in it now. Right now, you you could do it, but it would be expensive. Have you ever gone that route, where it's like I want this, yeah, but hold this, and it's like we're going to charge you yeah. full price, sir. Like, okay, sir, 
I'm gonna have to run that. We'd have to like charge you for a bowl and then put the chicken on the side and then you find a homeless person to give it to and then we can put an order of Beyond Nuggets in there and you can make your own. They didn't even offer that. Well, no. Weirdest experience I ever had at KFC was the girl working there was literally asleep because she's probably thinking about the money she's not making. And opened the drive-thru window and she handed me a, a soda and the container, uh, the paper broke and the whole thing spilled all over me. And she just stood there and stared at me for a while. <laughs> and there was a long pause, just like that. Hellscape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lemon herbs and spices without chicken. Um, but fried in the same oil as the chicken, which kind of defeats the whole purpose. But, uh, I mean, if you really think about it, they're popcorn chicken. It, just leave the chicken out. You get the fried chicken batter thing. It's really just something specific that you're after. And if it's, if it's fake, that's fine. You could do small chunks of, like, pieces of mushroom and mm -hmm. put the kfc breading on it yeah and fry that bitch and put it in a famous bowl yeah and it would be scrumptious yeah i and this is a side note while we were vegan uh sam was like i just missed chipino so bad and i was like i'm gonna make you a vegan chipino and so what i did was i took several different mushrooms uh king trumpet oyster regular oyster. I had some of the uh, anoki, just a shit ton, right? And then I had separate brines for each of them. I used different kinds of sea salt. You know, I put seaweed in some of them to give it more of like a fishy flavor. Uh, I, I cut caps of like small mushrooms to make like clams. I did a fried oyster like, I did all this shit, like, calamari, like, little fake octopus. There's so much shit you can do with mushroom. So much shit. So much shit you can fake, too, with a mushroom. And they're just skipping right over it because they want the branding. You, we have to have the brand you trust. We have to have the branding. We can't just cut up mushroom and put breading on it and have you eat it because it'd be too good. What the fuck? <laughs> KFC doesn't have the parfaits anymore. It's been a long time, but shit, those were the reason to go to KFC. The little parfait. You thing. just gave me a blast from the past. Okay. I totally forgot about that. Well, I, I remember when uh, the Colonel was alive and wasn't being portrayed by... Uh, <laughs> Some creepy man in a mask. <laughs> Whatever the hell they're doing. <laughs> Brand new from Finkel. This is time. I know it's not the end, but it's not the beginning. Try not to count the days, but I have since we landed. I know we're coming back, but 
said it's not for a long time I know we're coming back but I can't tell you If you're hungry, there's popcorn in the ceiling, she said. Because we already know who ate the plums. Six feet under. No stone on top. That's not my ass. That's just a hole in the ground. A graveyard for my hopes and dreams. Marked only with a tramp stamp. And as she lay me down to sleep... She tickles my cochleas with ghostly musings and a promise, not of tomorrow, but that sweet dreams are made of piss. This is Jim Rockford. At the tone, leave your name and message. I'll get back to you. Well, I've been uh, sitting here in my car having my comfort breakfast from Carl's Jr.'s and Looking out on a beautiful day and uh, thinking about comfort food and comfort drinks. And, um, you know, the word that just gained more strength was the word comfort. And uh, all that we, we do. And food is a major part of what creates comfort for us. That's for sure. But, uh, I just, 
realize that most of the food and drink that have always given me such pleasure because I'm the kind of person that uh, lives to eat. So, I, you know, I, I have a long list of foods and drinks over the years. And now that I'm pretty well restricted from just about everything, uh, uh, something as simple as water with some stevia in it, that's, uh, that's my go-to all the time, every day, uh, drink that, that little bit of stevia just makes it great, you know, so something that simple um, can be comfortable to have every day and not feel restricted and all that. So for people that, like me, that are they're restricted, off and on through the years, I've had to give up sugar. How many of us don't have that going on? Um, but uh, when I was, uh, there was one period of time where I was really winning uh, with my restriction of sugar. But something started to happen one day was that I couldn't stop thinking about donuts. I love donuts. And uh, all day long, driving around town, doing stuff around the house, I would think about donuts, how much I love donuts, and how I'd love to have a donut. No, I couldn't have one. Never went to get one either, mind you. I just thought about donuts. And, uh, you know, that, that happens. And then over the years, you know, I'd lose the fight with the sugar thing and um, then have little... Uh, little peace talks with myself about it and get over it and go back to being off sugar again. And You are listening to Radio Flom. What is food? It's not just anything you put in your mouth. It's not just anything you swallow. You swallow 23 spiders a year in your sleep. 25 last year, but spiders are not food. You swallow a little pill every night to keep the wolves away, but the wolf pill is not food. Sometimes you eat your own words, but words are not food. With food, there is intention. You send a visitor to your stomach to dissolve with the intention to quiet the little voice that hungers because you hunger. You must obey the hunger or you will die. Not today, not tomorrow, probably not the day after that, but maybe Definitely the day after that, depending on how much water you have been drinking. But water is not food. Food is the soul tether connecting you to earth because it loves having you here. Without feeding, the human body begins to eat itself. First goes the water, then goes the muscle, 
Then goes the brain. You hate to see it. The earth hates to see it. Today and every day, all the earth asks is that you take care of yourself. As a wandering molecule of impermanence, every bit as special and important as any other mote of stardust. Please feed yourself today and tomorrow, and the day after that, and so forth. Some sunny day, I can't wait to know what it feels like to get my way.、Mm-hmm. Life's just a game. Only thing that matters is if you're willing to play.、Mm-hmm. Well, I made it back to Hollywood, but I'm still feeling misunderstood. I just want. That good, good. If it were up to me, I'd be sipping peppermint tea, picking on a banjo, backyard Tennessee, dripping with honey, making it look easy, watching all my cash flow, puffing on a Swisher Sweet. That's why I finally just had to walk the fuck away.、Mm-hmm. You're still in my brain, but I dug deep, made my peace, and I think I'm okay. And I quit smoking cigarettes, but I still got some bad habits left. They haven't killed me. If it were up to me, I'd be sipping peppermint tea, picking on a banjo, backyard Tennessee, dripping with honey, making it look easy, watching all my cash flow, puffing on a Swisher Sweet.
That was Neon Cowgirl with Swisher Sweet. Okay, Weird City Coffee is the coolest, gayest coffee shop in Sacramento. Um, it's a little online startup between two besties, Jess Mill and Katie Bear. Katie does all of the art and design. Um, it's basically our own little world that Katie illustrates. And then Jess roasts our coffee one bag at a time in Midtown. And what led you to coffee roasting? I started at Identity Coffees like three years ago. Okay. Quit right before the pandemic thinking yeah. I'd get another job and then couldn't find one. <laughs> so yeah. now I just do it myself. <laughs> Katie, you're a designer illustrator. I am. And flamist. You've been a flamist for a I've been a flamist since I entered the graphic design world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm here for whimsy and no elitism and fun times. It's very much like a mutual project and I think that's what's so fun about it is it's like completely collaborative and just bouncing off of each other's ideas but without like policing them, you yeah. know? Like Jess totally. is like, do whatever you want and like <laughs> we have like discussions and arguments about it but ultimately yes. it's hard. We at City Coffee Roasters Midtown, Sacramento. Order coffee and more at weirdcity.coffee. Coffee for everyone. Radio Flum, take two. <clears throat> and now, Madeline McKinnis. So, I've been living in Mexico, and honestly, I'm ashamed of it, but I've been ordering a decent bit of food from this Russian restaurant. Yes, actually. I'm eating more Russian food in Mexico than I am Mexican food. I, something about the dumplings are really heartwarming. Very, it, it, it's like soul food from Russia. And they also have empanadas, which I think comes from Spain. Um... Yeah, and I don't even know if they have limes in Russia, but they have lime with every dish you get at this place. It's called Kolbok. If you're in Mexico City, you should uh, check it out. But not really, because you should eat Mexican food. It's really great in Mexico, too. I suggest trying it. Uh, hi, Radio Flum. Um, I'm just going to leave my favorite food, my favorite comfort food. And that, honestly, is rice with corned beef hash and a runny egg. And just running your spoon through all three at the same time is just the best. That is all. You're up and running! With bright, exciting, with bright, exciting, with... Radio Raw. General Modern Radio. Founded 
but within the parameters of another designer's units. Its aesthetic is chosen from a catalogue and we often pay as much for it as we would for a new car. It's a status symbol and yet its history lies in political radicalism and its evolution has involved reformers and iconoclasts. Catherine Beecher was a prolific writer and thinker on the role of the woman in society. Her approach was to analyze the space in the kitchen, and to organize everything within it. She compared the efficiency of the ship's galley where every article and utensil used is so arranged that with one or two steps the cook can reach all he needs. Catherine Frederick, an American home economist, was the first reformer to apply the principles of Taylorism, sometimes called scientific management, to the home. Many of Frederick's suggestions still make terrific sense today. She advocated draining racks so dishes could air dry by themselves, counter heights according to the height of the cook and narrow shelves for storing ingredients one item deep. Frederick influenced many in the burgeoning European modernist movement. Margareta Schutley-Hotsky was a young Austrian modernist working with architect and city planner Ernst Mayon Neues Frankfurt, a vast social housing project. She spent two years studying the kitchens on Pullman trains and ocean liners to more efficiently design the Frankfurt kitchen. Over 10,000 of the Frankfurt kitchens were built and installed in social housing. There is, unfortunately, no record of how many actually used the draw-marked rice to keep rice in. Tim Hayward, The Modern Kitchen Published by Quadrille, London 2017 don't eat the phone. This is Radio Plum. Yeah, so I have a new place. Came with a gas stove. And I've always been around electric stoves. Every place I lived, electric stoves. Even uh, when uh, we, we had a room and I didn't have access to a kitchen, I, I had a little hot plate electric thing. And it took me a while to uh, get used to the gas stove. Uh, in fact, uh, we had an explosion um, thanks to... Uh, uh, Jamie Oliver, I think it's a mix of Jamie Oliver and then me not paying attention to his Instagram video because he came up with this just brilliant recipe and uh, called for a lot of oil. And he cooks in his backyard, kind of. And <laughs> I, I'm sorry, wait, are you, are you blaming Jamie I'm Oliver? I'm blaming right Jamie now Oliver. For your gas but I'm taking partial credit because there's probably a line in there where he said, like, <laughs> put something underneath the pan when you put it in the oven because then I had that it was pretty much we had to we uh, almost vacated the house and had to call uh, uh, Pacific Gas and Electric to come out and inspect because my wife was convinced it was a gas leak because that's what it smelled like I was like boom and I was like okay and I never finished cooking his recipe, but um, in a different timeline, uh, you you aren't. 
I learned when you're using a lot of oil and it boils, it does things. And um, mm. brand new stove, by the way. Uh, I had to take it all apart and scrub the hell out of it to get rid of the oil. Yeah. It was more of a self-cleaning thing. I was cleaning it myself. I got a handle on the stove now. I know how to work the vents so the house doesn't fill with gas and the alarm doesn't go off. <laughs> but now I like the gas stove. It feels right. Yeah, it does, right? Cooking with fire. Yes. And then there was an right. article that showed up that uh, cooking with a gas stove is worse than automobiles. I am so... F- I am so fucking sick and tired of the, it's almost as if like, but like diet culture, the way that they would advertise to you, it's like, oh, you can't use butter. Don't use butter. Butter's bad. Use oil. Okay. Well now oil's bad. Don't use that. Use this. Use a, use a sunflower oil. It's like sunflower seed oil. Now seed oils are bad. People are back to butter. Hydrogenated oils are always bad. Uh, and I grew up with margarine because my depression era parents, because they, they were older, bought into the whole Crisco advertising. Like shortening was better and margarine was better than real butter. Right. And first time I had real butter, I was like, wow, this stuff's good. Yes. And and I feel I'm not, like. I'm not a fan of margarine. So. No, margarine is kind of awful. <laughs> Jamie Oliver did have in his uh, vegetarian cookbook uh, some great ideas for how to uh, just uh, okay so it's a bad thing to put olive oil in the refrigerator because it gets hard but that's like a butter right there it can work as a butter just put the s- slab it on things or uh, be a meat eater and it kind of looks like the stuff inside the bones yeah I mean, only kind of something recently did we reintegrate things like fish and stuff. And butter's the best shit in the fucking world. (laughs) (laughs) The French had it right. We we love all kinds of fat. And then just go back to our other food episode with the vegans we had on. If you think about it, it's excrement from animals. But, you know, in the world we live in today... There's so much fascination with excrement going yeah. on. Um, I mean, I don't want to excrement on on vegan butters because they are good and they do the job. Some of them brown. Yeah, I haven't had them because of my fear of margarine because I just never could stand the stuff. Yeah, and actually it was really funny because um, Trader Joe's just came out with, I believe, their own vegan butter. Uh, and I went into the comments section because I love I love the comments section. Uh, I used to have a really bad relationship with the comments section, just everywhere on the internet. But I actually uh, can enjoy it now. And but a lot of people were like, "So it's margarine, right? It's, that's what it is. It's margarine." <laughs> and I'm like, "Quit being a hater, God! Give the vegans just it's solid, okay? It's." Closest thing we're getting to uh, animal fat derived from milk, okay? You know, I will try it because of something very simple. When um, when I eat vegan, I feel better. I do too. What up, Buttercup? You're listening to Radio Flom. Ba-dum-bum.
Cholesterol levels of many Americans are too high, but for a group of people in New Jersey, cholesterol went down. Introducing Margarine Man. What happened? Maybe my wife and children killed, but look there, look, look at my restaurant. Margarine Man, advantage, his solids don't separate. Zoink, I'll scout around and see if I can catch sight of it. Margarine man. Advantage. He can be used at high heat. Yes. Aha. There it is. A pineapple ice cream soda. In melted butter. I didn't know you were so fine on the vine. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. Less fats, lean meats, egg and cheese substitutes. I'm It's the only way. Margarine man. Advantage. He's non-dairy. Melted butter. And when you have a good product, you'll go out of your way to get people to buy it. Margarine man. Zoink. Honest. You're not a butter. member of the Cosmopolitan Restaurant Owners Association, are you? No, and I won't join. He can't make me. Who's he? Who, what? Oh, never mind. Pat lots of soft butter all over. Parquet. GMO is such a vague term. We've been indirectly genetically modifying things for thousands of years. So, I hate to break it to you, but there's no such thing as a GMO-free banana. One pound small fresh peas, one pint heavy cream, one jigger Madeira wine. Boil and puree the peas. Blend slowly with the cream, salt and pepper to taste and the wine. This soup may be served hot or cold. The Leopard, New York City. Cream leopard soup from great restaurants of the United States and their recipes. Beyonce Pickett, 1966. Can you hear me? Yeah, but you got an echo. Well, not the bad echo. They're just the echo from the room. And we'll see if it comes out. I've exhausted myself already. I haven't done anything. In this warm, moist place, the yeast cells multiply and the dough rises. What is life? To make good bread... They say bread is life. The dough must be allowed to ferment just the right length of time. And and I bake bread, bread, bread. Bread is the foundation of our daily meals. It's the number one food on the tables of people all over the world. Where's my wedding? From Sacramento, Gregory Berger, award-winning author of Bread Baking Basics. Plus, buns and burgers. Baking bread out of nothing at all. 
Chrissy, over by the wall. Bring me the big knife. No, Ronnie. I'm confused by the whole concept of yeast. So what do we need yeast for? Why is it important? Uh, because there are drugs to get rid of it. That's right. <laughs> I think we're... <laughs> You were just at the hospital, so we're talking about two different kind of yeasts. <laughs> oh, good. We're talking about the good bread yeast here. So you need the little yeasts to eat the sugar, and then they start burping, and then they make the gas that makes your bread rise. That's what you're going for with the yeast. That's the basis for baking, as I understand it, that prior to figuring out the whole yeast thing, baking was impossible to do. And then baking powder didn't exist. So right. baking was like really one of the harder art forms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was all uh, very flat breads. <laughs> <laughs> now you can make a good flat bread still, but yeah. I, that's by choice. Before, it was just flat bread. I made an Irish beer bread once, and uh, I think it broke the table. It was so dense. Yeah. <laughs> it was delicious. You eat a little tiny piece, and you're full for like a month. Right. <laughs> so you've been baking. How did you get into baking? I was always into cooking, and uh, when my son was born 11 years ago, I read a book, Michael Pollan's Cooked. There was a chapter in there about sourdough bread and uh, kind of the science behind it and the history of sourdough bread. And he kind of walked through the process of doing it. And it's uh, when I do cooking, I like to do like cooking projects. And so that sounded like kind of the ultimate cooking project was to make your own sourdough starter from scratch and then take it all the way to the end. And I will point out you were doing this be before COVID hit and everyone. Oh it. yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you've been a graphic designer for many years. I've been a graphic designer and that's kind of how we originally met. And then I saw, I saw you on Facebook. Oh, I'm going to make some bread. And then I saw, I'm going to go to the state fair with my bread. <laughs> and then what happened? That's sort of how the, uh, the bread journey got it on its way. I was just making lots of bread and giving it to my neighbors and, just kind of having fun with it. And then uh, a neighbor down the streets, he entered his uh, brownies every year into the state fair. And he told me, you should enter the state fair. <laughs> and I said, I didn't, you know, we'd gone to the state fair, but it wasn't a, uh, a fixture in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in Sacramento where the state fair is. And the big thing is we don't go there. And, uh, and so, yeah. So then I started uh, entering my sourdough into the state fair and I won the first year. And then, uh, then I got addicted to going to the state fair to win big giant ribbons. It's like the state fair basically says you have the best bread in California, right? And uh, that that's hard to do. I'm a big sourdough fan, and sourdough because um, I'm from the Bay Area. It was like uh, you know how to eat a Dungeness crab. Uh, I could get through an entire one with a fork and uh, good sourdough bread. It was like uh, Parisian was the brand and it had to be the late bake. So almost blackened. Uh, I moved to Sacramento and it took me years to find anything comparable. Yeah. And, and some people say it's the um, salt air down there. Up here, I found Nugget and Whole Foods. They make a really good sourdough. And uh, I know it's not compared to your sourdough. Uh, Rayleigh's makes an interesting sourdough, but it always tastes underbaked to me. But I think a lot of the supermarket brands and the mass-produced sourdoughs, they're using citric acid in addition to the sourdough. And so it's giving it a real 
super sourdough tangy flavor. That's yeah. That's like the Safeway bread. Yeah. And I remember when my, when it first came out, my dad would bring it home and say, look, I got sourdough for under a dollar. And it's like, dad, it tastes like it's under a dollar. <laughs> yeah. So my sourdough doesn't no. have a super sour flavor to it. It's using the sourdough as a natural leavening agent. My, you know, my kid eats it. <laughs> he wouldn't want to eat the sourdough, at, you know, a, a super sour sourdough. There's, there's a fermented right. taste. It's, it's the same, same thing as uh, beer or uh, kombucha. So how do you make yours? Because I, I read in your book that the best thing is to not clean your apartment. <laughs> That's, there's a whole chapter on that, right? <laughs> you start by making your own sourdough starter. You can just do it at your house and it has nothing to do with the cleanliness of your place. <laughs> you just mix equal parts flour and water and sit it out on your counter for a day or two. You can sit it outside for a couple hours, but you can put a little uh, cheesecloth over it and uh, the little yeasts and bacteria from the air will drop into that that sludge and start eating away and then You'll, you'll see it. It'll start bubbling. And then once it starts bubbling, you start to feed it more and more just flour and water. And after a couple of days, you'll have your own unique sourdough starter. Awesome. So I was doing a little reading up. Um, one of my favorite books for anyone who's getting into food is uh, Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. Mm -hmm. And he has a whole chapter on a friend of his who comes up with just like the perfect bread and uh, would bring it into his restaurant and everyone would be like, ah. And, and the whole process was based on the idea of rotting food, <laughs> <laughs> sort of creating flavor, but not killing people. And that is sort of the science of the whole thing right. in there. You're eating just enough bacteria. <laughs> so how did you end up with not one, but two cookbooks? Well, I wrote two. <laughs> 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 that's the, that's the easy answer, right? so um buns and burgers and it's it's not spelled like your name burger no the um, publisher would not let me do that so oh, it was, okay. it was yeah. definitely uh pushed by me so that was a, another little just uh you got yourself in a situation as i understand it and you weren't really just the author of the book and you ended up as the author. So what happened there? Well, um, the original idea was I always sort of thought it would be just a fun thing to have a cookbook. I, um, I wasn't sure what kind of cookbook, uh, back in, um, I don't know, 20 years ago, I really wanted to write a children's book and I went through the whole process of, I had a couple books that I wrote and illustrated and, I shopped it around to a million publishers and nothing ever happens. And then kind of just moved on from there. And uh, a couple of years ago, I, I had a friend who was really into hamburgers. And I thought this would be a great idea if I made the bun recipes and he could write the, the burger recipes. And, uh, and it was such a good idea. We pitched it to a publisher that he knew about and uh, they said, yes, let's do it. And then uh, he just decided not to to do it. And so then <laughs> suddenly I had a, a book deal with hamburgers and burger buns. And, uh, and so I retooled the, the pitch a little bit and resubmitted it to them. And they still liked it and they still wanted to go forward with it. So suddenly I had a, 
a hamburger book. Well, it, it's a buns book, really. Uh, I know right. the hamburgers tend to take a back seat, and you have everything in here. There's 30 uh, different buns and 30 different burgers. So that was the challenge, because at the time I had about four buns. <laughs> so then I had to come up with 26 <laughs> more buns. <laughs> well, so I did that first book, and then uh, it, it did all right. And then they I didn't think that they were going to ask me to do another one, but then... The publisher asked me to do a, a second book that was focused more just on general baking. So, and there's something about pulling your bread right out of the oven that is yeah. so different than um, going to the store and finding out that they baked it eight hours earlier. Um, right. It's also interesting when you start making your own bread to see how quickly it goes bad. <laughs> you know, you can have a, a loaf of bread you bought from the store and you can open your cabinet and three weeks later, it's still perfectly fine. I found a, a keto bread that doesn't ever go bad. And that, that kind of scares me. Right. It's a little frightening sometimes. Like, what's, what's going on? What's doing this? <laughs> it was like two weeks later. It's like, ooh, uh, oh. So how do we find your books? How do we find you on uh, social networking? Because you're always baking stuff. But more important, how do we find your house so we can get in there and steal the bread from you? Well, uh, you can find me on Instagram and uh, Facebook at The Fresh Bread Daily. And uh, I have a website called thefreshbreaddaily.com. You can find the books at the Giant Online store oh no 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 oh we got to mention uh, local bookstores but... and then there's a few local bookstores that you can get it at you can get it at uh, capital books downtown yes and you can get it oh in the kitchen table the kitchen table in east sack you can get it there Refusing the offer of Thomas A. Edison. Shut up! George Washington. George Washington Carver continued his work and experiments. Frankly, Dr. Carver, the government doubts that it is possible to make bread from sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes. Dr. Carver, the dietitians want to know exactly what food value is in this new bread. Meanwhile, one night he's having a few friends over to his house for dinner. Dr. Carver, we doctors are wondering if this bread is really digestible. His tombstone reads, He could have added fortune to fame, but caring for neither found happiness and honor in being helpful to the world. Well, Dr. Carver died penniless and insane. 
still trying to play a phonograph record with a peanut. Not just for Thanksgiving. Sweet potato. You know, half of that isn't true. <laughs> okay, I, my favorite drink is water. That's so stupid. I love water. I, I never drink enough of it, and I'm always running out. And 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 because of that, I pee all the time. So I'm a big peer and a big drinker of water. Um, I guess if I had to choose something a little more jazzy, I would say I am a sucker for lemonade, <laughs> which is just sour water. Yeah, I love lemons. <laughs> just listened to the original release of sugar by honestly one of my favorite bands the orion experience go ahead and check them out pretty much anywhere 
gallery full of art. There's art over here too. There's art. We have both the retail space and a main floor. What do you have there? I'm not sure. I like it. It's so, what's the word? Sacramento. Opposite of sound? Dear God, what is that thing? Try moving a couple of boards to the left. Sacramento. A space in between. Okay. So where am I? We, you are at a space in between. So this is a vision by local artist Lynn Fei Fei. Originally had a space at R Street, the wall, and has relocated to a 12,000 square foot warehouse, 1401 C Street. We have a retail space and a main floor. So yeah, you got some cool names behind mm -hmm. this. Lynn is involved. Mm -hmm. Lynn uh, Feifei is our co-founder, along with Chris DeRose. been a flamist for a while. Yes. This is a huge space. Yes. How did you guys get this? Chris Rose is owner of Broderick's Midtown in West Sac and uh, Walnut Creek. And he has connections with Skip Rosenberg, who is the owner of this block. And Skip has let us use this space, this warehouse, to preserve the arts rather than tearing it down and build more housing. So we're very grateful to him for allowing us to have this space. and. Uh, you know, kind of keep the art in Sacramento alive and growing. I miss Broderick's in Roseville. Mm -hmm. uh, he also owned a place mm -hmm. in downtown Plaza. Mm -hmm. And I used to go in there for these incredible sandwiches. Oh, yeah. Which I don't even think are on their menu anymore. They kind of update their menu to be more uh, catered toward vegans. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I haven't even had the sandwiches, so I'm not sure. Well, I, I know if you eat vegan, you feel better. That's true. But uh, yeah, I, that was like the only place I'd go to yeah. in the mall that was torn down. Aww. This is a huge space. Yes. Uh, there's some art here that you're not seeing a lot anywhere else. No, so we have, we're very lucky uh, to have connections with BG and Nicer from New York. They are the founders of Tats Crew and they also completed a mural outside our gallery paying homage to Sacramento's first responders. And um, we have uh, some Jeffrey Ferry, and of course Alex. Alex, Chileo, yeah. It's interesting watching this stuff grow. Yeah, uh, I really got excited about Sacramento again mm -hmm. when Art Hotel went up. Oh yeah. And then I just sort of hear little things about M5 being involved in other stuff. Yeah. At least the people involved. And who are you, by the way? I'm Isabella. Um, I'm the manager of A Space In Between. And we have Jean-Pierre here. He is yeah. artist in our artist residency program. And we have Gabe Sanford, who is an artist who hangs around here, does his work, helps no, out. Um, so are this. you like opening spaces for artists to work? That is the plan. We're going to be planning on doing some workshops this year. And we've only been open since September 2021. So how do we find out more about a space in between? We have an Instagram and a website. So Instagram is going to be a underscore space in between. And our website is going to be www.aspaceinbetween.com.
Hello. I understand you want to know more about winter comfort food, and I am here to tell you about these things. Korean soups. Jige. Sindubu. I'm sorry. Sundubu. I might be drunk. Korean red pepper flakes, minced pork and or mushrooms, salt, sugar, sesame oil, soy sauce. Make this into a paste. Put it in the freezer, and anytime you want soups, whip that shit out. Add a tablespoon to a bowl with one cup of water. Bring to a boil. Add anything in your refrigerator to it. And you have magic. My wife is also urging me to talk to you about lentil soup. I think the common denominator in this conversation is soup. But also baked potatoes. Baked potatoes are fucking rad. Radio Flom. Remember when Pharrell was happy? I remember when Bobby McFerrin was happy. So was Robin Williams. Is Arby's the solution? I woke up and I suddenly got it. I understood suddenly how thought was just an illusory thing. Uh, And how thought is responsible for, if not all, most of the suffering we experience. Need me some money, I know where to start Designer my fit, mommy la la carte Double my income as if it's an art Made it rain money to get at her heart Sit down, hit the cush, reminisce and reflect There are events that I cannot neglect There are memories that I'm sworn to protect She is a landscape, she is a sea I let go of hate when we lock eyes Truth is you make my mind wise Iron with your love, we divide all those lies I'm in the game, but cutting all my ties Why they gotta lock out my homie when he's just getting by Corporate meeting with my muscle, pray to God they don't wanna tussle, pray to God I don't flag you down, mind shooters dog, so don't fuck around, earplugs so I can't hear a sound, load up the clip and let out a round. And then, I suddenly felt like I was looking at these thoughts from another perspective, and I wondered, who is it? that's aware that I'm thinking. And suddenly I was thrown into this expansive, amazing feeling of freedom from myself, from my problems. I saw that I was bigger. Stiletto blade tuck, come and try your luck. Thrown the pills crushed, she just wanna fuck. Cat in the ship and her stock going up. Lo, my grandma's so blessed, she can see me growing up. I don't drink no liquor, wear designer, so I can't afford throwing up. In the streets, but I don't sell no note, my mixtape been blowing up. This was a la carte by Milestone.
from the introspective, analytical album Creme de la Creme. Partake on SoundCloud. I was bigger than my body. I was everything and everyone. I was no longer a fragment of the universe. I was the universe. Radio Flam. Saute half pound fresh mushrooms and their stems in one tablespoon butter for two minutes. Add one tablespoon dry sherry and cook for another two minutes. Now add half cup sour cream, one half tablespoon monosodium glutamate. While the mushrooms are simmering in the sour cream, add one teaspoon Worcestershire sauce and one dash Tabasco. Cook until the sauce is the consistency of good rich hollandaise and serve with toast wheat saturated in melted butter. For added decor, dip the top point of toast in finely chopped fresh parsley and lastly paprika. Gallatin's Monterey, California. Mushrooms a la Cream George from great restaurants of the United States and their recipes. Le Once Picket, 1966. Late Line, San Francisco. Bauhaus Typography of 100 is the first ever exhibition of the letter form Archives New Gallery in San Francisco. Books, magazines, course materials, product catalogs, stationery, promotional flyers, and other original Bauhaus ephemera are on display, with a luscious show catalog and a 1923 exhibition postcard set available to purchase. In 2020, Letterform Archive will also present other Bauhaus lectures, gallery tours, and special events, both in person and online. Get there! Letterformarchive.org Bauhaus Typography at 100 will close 27 April 2022. Line, Weimar? About Bauhaus is a new podcast about, well, the Bauhaus. Produced by the Bauhaus Archive in Berlin, each episode can be heard in its original German, as a very about Bauhaus podcast should. Find it where you find their podcasts. Just like Radio Flom. Dateline? Gascony? The weekend workshops happen monthly in the 300-year-old French kitchen of cook, writer, teacher and fairy godmother, Kate Hill. For experienced cooks or beginners, explore cassolette, charcuterie, confit, pastries, wood-fire cooking and holiday fete. Information is linked in the bio at Kate Decamont on Instagram. Dateline, Silver Spring, Maryland. French salad dressing, that sugary orange-colored, creamy goo that has just a bit more in common with United States kitsch than La Gastronomie Française, has been deregulated. Up through right now, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has had strict requirements that legally, French dressing must always be made from a careful balance of oil, acidic ingredients and specific seasonings. 
This has been on the books since 1950. And after a petition filed for revocation in 1998, these standards will finally be dropped on 14 February 2022. Just in time for a quaint, soft-spoken St. Valentine's Day supper. French salad dressing. When was the last time you actually had some? We contacted the green goddess at her Thousand Island estate in the Hidden Valley for comment. Alas, she was unavailable. Dateline, New York City. You've heard Laurie Rosenwald talking about mistakes on purpose right here on Radio Flom. And beyond her workshops, her official mistakes on purpose book is burning up the book lists on, well, we're not sure where. But, it is a very, very fun burn to read. Find mistakes on purpose wherever you find books and be okay not being like everyone else. Also, Laurie has a bunch of very bold, purposeful merchandise for you to carry, wear, eat off of, drink out of and sit on now available. Get some majorly bold Rosenwald product at society6.com stroke Laurie underscore Rosenwald. You've heard it here first. Unless, that is, you've heard it somewhere else. Dateline, Victorville? From the California desert comes sundazed, Mojave, and beach blossom. Hand-poured soy candles crafted by Flomist Alyssa Tucker, owner of Dizzy Vapor. Order yours through Etsy.com stroke shop stroke Dizzy Vapor. Dateline, Sacramento. Built by musicians, for musicians, Sacramento Dirt is the only radio station in the world 100% dedicated to Sacramento area bands. Streaming 24-7. Listen at musiclandria.com stroke Sacramento Dirt. Dateline, Sacramento. Have you voted yet? Flomist, eco-friendly tattoo artist and living piece of art, Shelby Sanders, is in the running to appear on the cover of Inked magazine. Daily votes accepted. Just head to flom.us stroke inked. Vote more. Vote often. Vote Sanders for Inked. Dateline? Sacramento. Flomist Alex Trujillo's live art experience Lightwave is back, popping up in Midtown for two days, the 4th and 5th of March, 2022. More information at light.wav. Dateline, San Jose. Because your food choices can change the world, Food Empowerment Project is a Northern California nonprofit that seeks to create a more just and sustainable world by recognizing the power of one's food choices. To keep up to date on awesome events, developments and campaigns, head to foodispower.org. Dateline, Flom House. At the last Met Gala, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez showed up in a Tax the Rich gown designed by Aurora James, founder of New York Shoe and Handbag Line Brother Bellies and 15% Pledge, which encourages retailers to dedicate 15% of their shelves to products made by black-owned businesses. Flom's angry artist response to this gown is an early Bauhaus-inspired Eat the Rich, 
Dutch unisex shirt, with 50% of profits going to Black Artist Foundry in Sacramento. For details on how to get your own, head to flom.us stroke eat the rich. New York City, in the year 2022. And the people will do anything to get what they need. This is the police! What they need most is... Fight for survival and try to solve the most bizarre riddle ever to face mankind. The search for the secret... We gotta stop them! Hello to the world, this is Radio Flaw. Up next is Secrets and Lies by Able Machines.
listening to Radio Flom. In your favorite easy chair, or... Job planning got its start in this shop at Stockton, California. Time was short. Today, Stockton, California. Do you have Turkish coffee? I don't, but I... What's wrong with you? Third person that's asked me. I actually went to a restaurant last night and they had Turkish coffee on the menu as a dessert. So I will drive to Stockton for Turkish coffee. <laughs> I'll have to figure out how we can get that on the menu. You need a PhD in order to actually make it. So you're a coffee bar, patio, salon... And what else? We are right next to uh, United States Postal Service. And uh, I just really... Mail like- things. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I like it. It's a lot of foot traffic for us. And we're literally like right next door to it. So it's like anyone walking into the post office can read our coffee shop sign. And if they're miserable from the post office experience... Um- Flomist Monica O'Day, graphic designer, coffee shop owner, Copper Joe Coffee, on the Miracle Mile, in Stockton, California. So you're in, you're in Stockton, which is one of my favorite cities in uh, California that uh, no one knows about. I've seen you drink coffee because I used to make sludge when you were in my class with that old coffee maker I found. So um, you decided to stay after you left design school. Yeah. So I originally wasn't going to stay in Stockton. Upon graduating, I did have a job. Three months into that job, I realized it was not what I had signed up for and it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. So I kind of already had my mind set on moving back to North Carolina, which is where I'm originally from. Like a week or two before I was getting ready to turn in my notice, my current boss, who I already had some rapport with. And I was telling him how I wasn't happy at my job and I was getting ready to move to North Carolina. And he basically offered me a graphic design position on the spot. And he was like, I'm hiring for a full-time designer. If you want to come check out the shop, you can come by tomorrow and like, we'll go from there. But how did you end up owning um, a coffee shop? That was a very luck of the draw opportunity that I came across. Just so happens that the owner of Toco Divino Salon, her name's Melissa, and she was friends with the previous owner of the coffee shop. When she opened her salon, she opened it under the idea that there would be a coffee bar there. Once Lisa, the previous owner, came to the realization that her interior design business was kind of taking off and she wouldn't be able to manage the coffee shop, she decided to sell it. Uh, and I immediately like, this sounds like an amazing opportunity. I want to see what I can do about it. Um, and my boss and I had already talked about different avenues that we could take to strengthen our sign and graphics business. And so we were basically looking for a way to create like a living, breathing model of what we do at Revamp. So we kind of fell in love with it and decided to go into business as partners. So what do you serve? We serve coffee. We serve uh, hot, iced, and blended drinks. 
with coffee, there are a million ways that you can make it. There's huge variety of flavors. What's the most ordered drink in your place? The most ordered drink is our white mocha. It's my go-to. I know a lot of people who drink like just black coffee who enjoy our white mocha. It's sweet, but it doesn't take away from the flavor of the coffee beans at all. And we also do um, all of our mochas with a blended powder, which I've learned is different than a lot of coffee shops do their drinks where they're using the syrups instead. So I think that the powder brings a more full flavor to the coffee and it adds to the coffee instead of trying to cover the coffee. Where do we find you on social? Cup of Joe is really big on Instagram. We are also sharing all of our Instagram onto our Facebook. We recently started a TikTok page for behind the scenes with our baristas. And then we are getting ready to launch our merchandise website which will be called cupajoedrip.com so we have cupajocoffee.com that's our online ordering site where you can place orders um, for pickup curbside or delivery and then outside of that we'll have a separate website just for our merchandise where we can sell our t-shirts tote bags hats and beanies and all the other cool fun stuff that we'll be coming out with so we're driving through stockton and um So if you're driving through Stockton, I'm actually just down the street from University of the Pacific, down Pacific Avenue. That's one of the most popular streets in Stockton. It's where everything's centrally located. And I'm at the start of the Miracle Mile street in Stockton that's lined with local shops and artisan goods. You'll see a huge A-frame outside and it's black and yellow and it, um, says cup of joe really big with an arrow come inside and um we're we're located right next to the usps and you've dropped the e at the end of joe so you have the feminine form of joe (laughs) that is very true and also felt like the e kind of took away from that with the like double vowel at the end well well, you could mention you notice in all the form stuff i leave e's off of things (laughs) you didn't know more m-o-r i put that on everything m-o-r like there's an e at the end of more no there's not you don't need it you can read it Two scoops of vanilla ice cream with rounded teaspoon of fresh pulverized coffee. The coffee should be pulverized no more than 10 minutes before using. Also, freshly roasted coffee is even better. Burns Steakhouse, Tampa, Florida. Brazilian Snow. From Great Restaurants of the United States and Their Recipes. Leon's Picot, 1966. We 
proceeded then impetuously to Taste Bud's Takeover, a name indicating a soup of fairly bizarre nature, composed in almost equal parts of concentrated meat stock, champagne, and liqueurs. On top of the mixture, which for initiates is said to have extraordinary appetitive qualities, floated some large rose petals, graceful and fragile. Confronted with such a masterpiece of brothy lyricism, the guests courageously tried the experiment of swallowing, but more than one, with obvious aversion, forbore to continue to the end, and contented himself with just taking a rose petal from the bowl, drying it with his napkin, and placing it inside his wallet as a souvenir of the meal, and evidence of a banquet of which he would later tell his grandchildren. F.T. Marinetti, Roses in the Soup, from the Futurist Cookbook, 1932, translated by Suzanne Brill, 1989. to Radio Flam, your favorite faux modern art podcast. Let's talk about Chinese restaurant syndrome. Dixie of Deeds on Eats takes a look at Monosodium Glow Old Med. MSG. So this is what I've learned about MSG. MSG is a compound of two naturally occurring substances, sodium and glutamic acid, also known as glutamate. Glutamate is a building block of protein. It's a non-essential amino acid, which means our bodies make it. Our muscles are 17% glutamate. It's an essential neurotransmitter in the brain where it's said to be made. It helps regulate learning and memory. MSG is found in nearly all foods. Chemically, it's a crystalline white powder that looks a lot like sugar or table salts. Glutamate in MSG is chemically indistinguishable from glutamate in food protein. MSG and glutamate in food are digested in the same manner. In 1907, scientist Kikune Ikeda, professor at University of Tokyo in Japan, extracted MSG from seaweed. Now, MSG doesn't taste like much on its own, but when it's in a dish, it boosts the savoriness and overall flavor profile. Ikeda created the company Ajinomoto to sell his seasoning. He hoped it would encourage healthier eating by seasoning bland foods like vegetables, and it did just that in China when Taiwan was under Japanese rule. Today, MSG is made by fermenting carbohydrates like sugar and tapioca. MSG occurs naturally in high umami food. On average, we eat about 13 grams of it a day in food like parmesan, walnuts, soy sauce, tomatoes, mushroom, meat, and asparagus. In America, MSG didn't make it into a lot of home cooking, but it was and still is an essential ingredient in mass-marketed convenience food. It's present in processed food like canned soup, frozen dinner, deli meat, dressing, instant noodles, flavored crackers, and chips. On average, Americans eat about half a gram of MSG a day. And in Japan and Korea, people eat 1.2 to 1.7 grams of it a day. Now, it's been used to flavor food for over 100 years. And for the first 60 years, the public did not attach any health problems to it. On April 4, 1968, that all changed. Biomedical researcher Robert Homan Kwok wrote to the New England Journal of Medicine. He wanted help researching strange symptoms he felt after eating Chinese food. Numbness at the back of the neck, gradually radiating to both arms and the back general weakness and palpitation. Though he mentions different theories about what exactly caused these symptoms, maybe too much soy sauce or too much cooking wine, maybe too much sodium content in general, he did mention that these dishes had MSG in them. 
The fear of MSG rocketed a few years later, when actor Lauren Green of TV show Bonanza blamed MSG for putting him in the hospital. This so-called Chinese restaurant syndrome became associated with these symptoms. Breathing difficulties, chest pain, facial flushing, a headache, numbness or burning pain in the mouth, rapid heart rate, sweating, and swelling of the face. In November of 2020, the International Food Information Council reported that 42% of Americans are actively trying to limit or avoid intake of MSG. Many people don't trust MSG along with all food additives because of the clean eating movement. They don't trust traditional authorities, health professionals, or mainstream media. But what do the studies show? Up until now, repeat studies have not reliably or consistently reproduced the symptoms of Chinese restaurant syndrome. In 1969, researchers tested participants using MSG. Participants were fed MSG on empty stomachs, even though researchers acknowledged that it's a food enhancer that would not be eaten without food. Others had it injected intravenously. Now, some showed symptoms at 3 grams, and others showed no symptoms over 20 grams. And that's 6 to 40 times the amount of MSG that's usually in a dish that has MSG in it. Around this time, an infamous study tested MSG on baby mice. They injected baby mice with MSG under the skin. And these mice developed brain lesions, stunted skeletal growth, marked obesity, and female sterility. The study made people feel that MSG leads to excessive glutamate in the brain and excessive nerve stimulation. The irony here is glutamic acid is the most common neurotransmitter in the brain. When it's consumed, it doesn't reach the brain, and we don't shoot it up in dosages more fit for horses. In 1992, the FDA asked the Federation of American Societies for Experimental Biology to examine the safety of MSG. And like in the 1969 experiment, generally mild short-term symptoms were found after consumption of three grams without food. A very small number of people who do feel these symptoms see them leave about 20 minutes to two hours after consumption. So scientists are not completely sure what creates these symptoms. Today, many scientists, doctors, and nutritionists agree that these symptoms can be recreated by having too much alcohol with too little food or just too much sodium in general. So the bottom line here is the WHO and Health Canada joined the FDA and the FAS-FEB in saying that MSG is generally safe to consume. In 2000, scientists found taste receptors on the tongue, specifically for identifying glutamate, and Ikeda's umami became the fifth taste. These days, foodies celebrate umami, but many of them don't realize it's basically MSG, the food additive that's vilified in Chinese food. So is Chinese restaurant syndrome really a thing? If people react to Chinese food, do they also react to high umami food like mushrooms and meat and asparagus? Do people who shun accent also shun the umami seasoning from Trader Joe's, which has naturally occurring glutamate from mushrooms? After learning about MSG a few years ago, I started adding it to almost everything I make almost as much as I add garlic powder. I like that MSG has a strong flavor. It lets me use less table salt in my cooking because MSG has two-thirds less sodium than table salt. This is Deets on Eats for Radio Flom. You can find me at deetsoneats.com or on Instagram at deets.on.eats. See you there. Radio Flom. Um, to answer the question about favorite comfort food is either poor man's lasagna or the cookies my grandmother used to make. One of my favorite pasta... Okay, for me, there's nothing that says comfort more than pasta. 
and from when I was a child, I used to have spaghetti cooked, and then you would put it in a frying pan with butter, get it all crispy, and then add Parmesan cheese at the end. Not a lot. I feel like Americans always over-cheese everything, but um, it, it was just like, there you go, three ingredients, and it's like, Magical. What am I eating? Well, after watching the Winter Olympics and those amazing athletes and the, the endurance that they put their bodies through, um, I decided to make a cake so I could eat it the rest of the week, piece by piece. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my um, that's my Olympic event, cake eating. Lettuce was first cultivated by the ancient Egyptians. According to Herodotus, lettuce was served on tables of the Persian kings, as well as several dishes at Denny's. Lettuce traveled with the Romans into Western Europe and east all the way to China. Lettuce cultivation began in the United States in the 1600s when John Winthrop Jr. brought lettuce seeds to America from England, eventually making its way to Denny's and to the plate of a very young milk surface. Today, China is the largest producer of lettuce in the world. Lettuce is an annual leaf vegetable of the daisy family and sometimes a choking hazard for young children at Denny's. Lettuce should not be stored near apples, bananas, or any other ethylene-emitting fruits. Ethylene causes lettuce to ripen super fast and start to decay rapidly. Lettuce is disgusting and almost killed milk surface. Many ancient Greeks believed that lettuce made you sleepy, so they served it at the end of a meal. However, the super mean Roman Emperor Domitian served at the beginning of his feasts while playing Radio Flom to try and torture his guests by forcing them to stay awake in his presence. Milk Surface has a hard time staying awake. This is possibly due to the fact that they choked on lettuce as a child and are not over it to this day. Baby, I'm not choosy. If you want some of the sauce, show me your 
Did you like that? That was Katie Rain with Fruity. You can find her debut album streaming on all platforms right now, but Jesus Christ, why don't you have it downloaded already? This was amazing. Did you hear that bit about tying you to the bed? That bit was my favorite, if you can't tell. I'm a kinky little bisexual. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy what's coming up next. You have a great time. I know I am. Radio Flaw. Don't you just love how you can get anything online? No. You can order food and it'll be at your door in, most of the times, less than 30 minutes. It's a pretty great world. So, honestly, my favorite drink is, has to be a strawberry banana smoothie. The flavors just go so well together. That's kind of it. I also like gin and tonic. Tell Milk Surface. I'm willing to share my spotted dick with him. Cantankerous vegetables. Who served iceberg lettuce on the Titanic? You sent con can stand for confidence artists, contrary or convention. As in, I am an artist who is going to the convention dressed like everybody else. Cantankerous vegetables. Did you ever watch the show Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat? I believe it's on Netflix. Uh, We talked about it on the podcast and then Slow Me just got the book. Mm. So, uh, problem with cooking shows is when I watch them, I start wanting to cook what's on the show. And if yeah. I'm too busy, like if I'm watching to to literally chill and relax, mm-hmm. you'll find me in the kitchen twenty minutes later, going, "Do I have the? Do I have that? Do I have nutmeg? <laughs> yeah, um, it is a good show." When I met my wife, I used to because uh, I was freelancing from home. I used to watch Jeff Smith, the frugal gourmet, who. Uh, had a scandal and PBS has like removed him from all of their, <laughs> all of their references. Oh, God. My favorite cookbook is his book on uh, immigrant ancestors. And so he would do a recipe on 
KQED on in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And then when my wife would come home from her job at the time, uh, she'd have a dinner waiting for her. So I was really having a lot of fun with that. And uh, no, I'm not throwing his cookbooks away. Yeah. Yeah. You get them cheap now because he had a scandal. Yeah. I think it's so hard navigating anything where, um, how are we supposed to separate the artists from the art or like, you know, that whole sentiment. And it's, it's so, it's so fucking murky. So murky. That is a whole other episode. It falls into cancel culture. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, it's like, no, uh, it was like, there are people who hate Picasso. It's like, but look what Picasso did. Yeah. But, uh, and um, it, it gets tricky when you're teaching history. Too. Absolutely, so, uh, especially as I, I usually report on what the shit is. Yeah, especially when it comes to typographer artist Eric Gill, I just report on it, and that's where I watch the reaction. Yeah, it's such a, an interesting concept to um, it to have access to such a vast amount of information, and then you know what we do with it, and like like who we deem worthy of still continuing to consume media from or or whatever um like how are you supposed to be how are you supposed to cancel picasso how do you do that to to follow my students approach uh, you just don't read that chapter okay okay, so it's like chris brown you know what i mean it's like chris brown almost murdered rihanna and yet people are still consuming his media. So it's like, are you going to cancel Mm -hmm. Picasso? you going to, what are you going to do? Ignore that this guy has like good recipes just because he's not a good person. I don't know. It's really hard. Um, We also love to judge each other because, um, we even have a whole feel for that. It's called a, a judge. It's almost like someone gets paid to do that. <laughs> Remember Harry Anderson in Night Court. Hello to the world. This is Radio Flob. And now, from the state-of-the-art Radio Flom studio located in stately North Highlands, California... <laughs> Steve Mayello cooks something with his guest, Greg Bird. Okay, we're back here with Greg Burger, author of Bread Baking Basics and Buns and Burgers, spelled wrong. Or what are we doing? Are we baking? Are we cooking? There's a big sports game coming up this uh, soon, I think. And so I thought we would make uh, soft pretzels. Pretzels, yes. So pretzels originally come from the mall. That's right. <laughs> okay, so what do we have here? All right, so we have our, our mixer right here. And so in the big bowl, this, this recipe is really good because you can make it, it's bread that you're making and you can make it like within an hour. It's I, very quickly. I brought a hammer, very but no one can see this. So I see the hammer. So we have our mixing bowl here. And so right into the big bowl of the mixer. We're just going to throw in the flour, a little bit of active dry yeast. We're going to put the salt, a tablespoon of sugar. And then into all that, we're going to pour one and a half cups 
of warm water. There you go. And so during this whole process, that warm water is what's in the sugar is what's going to activate that yeast. So we're going to turn the mixer on. Okay. That, that, is that thing going to work? With the dough hook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's plug it in. Plug it in. Okay, there it goes. Okay. All right. So now the mixer's going to go. We're going to let this go for about five minutes. And as it's going, we're going to take this uh, two tablespoons of butter and toss those into it as it's uh, spinning. Get that butter. Toss it in. All right. So that's going. And so as that's mixing, we're going to uh, get the, the boil going okay. for these soft pretzels. We're going to boil them okay. before we bake and, and folks, this is not edited. That's actually so. going for five minutes. So we already have the water that's boiled. Wow, that eight boiled cups fast. of water. I need, I need boiled. <laughs> it's yeah, gas okay. compared to the electric. Boils in like 32 seconds. So we're going to add a half a cup of baking soda to that. You'll see... Uh, it foams up as you do it. Oh, uh, this is messy. If you wanted to be super traditional, you could also use lye instead of baking soda. That's the stuff you make soap from. Yes. Oh. It all. It, wait, isn't the lye the thing that makes the soap taste bad when your mouth gets washed out? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> Maybe look this up before... Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Is this one of the... It could be like the pop-up video where it pops up. <laughs> yes, that's what's going on here. You just can't see it. Lie. A strong alkaline liquor rich in potassium carbonate leached from wood ashes and used especially in making soap and for washing broadly. <laughs> Miriam Webster. <laughs> All right, so the uh, you'll see that the dough has come together into a nice smooth ball. So we're gonna take that out of the mixer. We're gonna divide it into eight pieces. Okay. Now we're gonna take each one of those pieces. This is dough. And we're gonna roll them into snakes. This is... <laughs> you wanna do one? worms, you can do snakes. <laughs> Guess what I'm doing here. Okay. Just like you did back in preschool with your Play-Doh. Can we put Vienna sausages in this? Would that make it interesting? You could. You could, uh, right, this would be the plate time to do it. If you wanted to put sausage or a cheese filling, we would now flatten the snake. Okay. Actually, a uh, Pepperoni rolls. Uh, I had those in West Virginia. They're something. Yeah, I haven't yes, had a pepperoni yeah. roll. But oh, we can do it right now. Uh, maybe we'll have you back. Go explore pepperoni rolls. Because there's, right. there's a thing about them, the, the way they come out. But uh, it's it's flavored by the grease of the pepperoni. Yeah. Uh, you eat one and you're dead. <laughs> They're cheese in that pepperoni roll? Uh, no, it's just pepperoni, grease... And uh, a really just um, bread that takes a backseat to the flavor. And they they slice it in um, 
long rectangles. Okay. Yeah. So it uh, it's and and the you have they have bakeries on Sunday morning. You go there and they're like it, people are returning from church and you go into a neighborhood and there's a little bakery there and they're kind of gruff, but you could buy the pepperoni rolls. And, huh. Yeah. <laughs> West Virginia, shout out to West Virginia. Hi, everyone <laughs> in West Virginia. Maybe next time I'm in Ohio, I'll jump over to the little part that sticks up. Actually, the Fiesta Ware factory is in West Virginia. We uh, we went and toured it. Um, we collect Fiesta Ware because bright color yeah. art deco. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Tangent. Anyway, so we got our snake here, and so here's I mean, it's the uh, turning it into the actual pretzel. It's kind of thing, so I'm going to show you. This well, is how we do it. Does it have to be this yeah, shape? Yeah. Couldn't like we just do this? Yeah. Okay. Take that, and then you twist it. Gonna, can I just do something like Rodan? Flip it. You get, do it. Look, this. Okay, see pretzel. Oh, okay. Well, you can do pretzel bites. <laughs> so pretzel bites is the easier way to do it. So instead of doing that complex fold maneuver I just showed you, you just chop them up into little bits. What if they fight with each other? <laughs> you could do that too. We're never gonna get this baked. <laughs> <laughs> So we take our pretzel sticks. Now I know why the Germans drink the beer. That's right. <laughs> That's probably how they came up with the pretzel, is they're just sitting there playing and they go, hey, I found a shape that works. And all the other shapes couldn't be replicated. Have you had right. German beer, the real stuff, not the stuff in the States? I've never been there, but I've had... Yeah, it's... Um, no, I never have had German beer in Germany. Oh, they know what they're doing. They're, they, yeah. they got it figured out. And the pretzels? Yeah. So, okay, then we bake them. Well, first, before we bake them... Oh, okay, we don't we bake them. on our tray. Hold the presses! Hold the press. <laughs> you have to put an egg wash on it, because you have to get the, something to have this, or the uh, salt to stick to. So we're going to brush them each. Oh, good. You each pretzel the egg. Okay. Egg and then we're going to sprinkle this actual soft pretzel salt. It's not the same salt, you'll see. It's uh, the big chunky salt. It looks like, um, like little pieces of gum. Yeah. And it's actually called soft pretzel salt. So sprinkle that on there. I have a hammer. <laughs> Ooh. There you go. Uh, it's a pretzel pancakes. Cool. Okay. Can we finally cook this thing? I'm going to throw it into the oh. oven. It's going to bake in the oven at 450 for like okay. 15 enough, minutes. Right? <laughs> okay, 15 minutes. I'll set the timer here. And then so I had these that I've already baked. Oh, yeah. what they're going to look like when they come out of the oven, piping hot. Yeah, all the things, man. Oh, look at that. Wow, piping hot. Oh, ah! 
really hot. They just came out of the oven. You coming, Mitch? <laughs> they just came out of the oven. Yeah. I always forget that. So now you can enjoy it. Now you can make uh, pretzels. Is this in one of your cookbooks? That's in my cookbook. That's in the uh, Bread Baking Basics. There's also a cheese dipping sauce you can dip them into, or you can do honey mustard or... Watermelon. <laughs> okay, so find Gregory's book uh, and his contact information is earlier. Plus, we have a blog post with every episode. Yeah, so I have to find your house because um, I'm just going to go outside and start smelling things and see if I make my, my way there. <laughs> it's Radio Flaw. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, keep that one. That's good. I needed to get somewhere, but I was too weak to walk. Then this velociraptor ran right at me and knocked me onto its back and carried me the rest of the way. When I arrived, I set my hand on its head as a sign of gratitude. There's this gap of time I can't remember where I had needed to go or what happened there, yet I have never felt out of place or disoriented. Next thing I knew, I was back at my old school, and panicky gossip flooded every hallway and room. People were muttering about one of their rentable taxi velociraptors being stolen or killed, saying the first to return it would be held accountable for keeping the raptor past its return date. I panicked a little considering I'd met that raptor, so I didn't say anything. Later, I was at the park and the raptor had come back to me. I don't know why, it just liked me. I guess. These snotty kids kept jumping on it and I had to tell them to stop. Finally, I came back to school with a rafter, planning on turning it in, whether I were accused of stealing it or not. Those kids were there and they found some ceramic sculpture that I guess I had made and they threw it. It shattered in mid-air, but I didn't bother to yell at them. I just let the teachers deal with them because I knew they wouldn't listen to me. When I looked at the sign-in sheet, I couldn't help glancing at some friends' names, wondering if they were here. Next to one of the names was Alimony, spelled wrong, with a smiley face. Radio Flaw. Music you can taste and color you can hear. In a small saucepan, combine one and a half cups dried apricots, one cup water, half cup sugar, and one thin strip yellow lemon rind. Bring to a boil, cover and simmer for 20 minutes. Cool. Blend apricots and juice in an electric blender on high speed for 20 seconds, stopping to stir down if necessary. Fold apricot puree into one cup cream whipped. Spoon into sherbet glass or pate cream cups and chill. You can make the same dessert using dried prunes or dried peaches. Virginia Museum of Fine Arts, Order of the Collector Circuit Banquet, Richmond, Virginia, Apricot Mousse, from A Treasury of Great Recipes, Mary and Vincent Price, 1965.
This was the new shit by Lilith and the Replicants, an exclusive demo right here on Radio Flam. That's there's so many beverages to enjoy. If we're talking like alcoholic beverages, uh, uh, I usually grab a cider or Moscow Mule, and then if it's just like regular ass drinking drinks, pomegranate juice is king. Pomegranate juice is the way. <laughs> I cook the pasta, and any shape will do, but, you know, I like penne or egg noodles, twirly or wide, and then I mix up the tuna fish, canned tuna. Lately, I've been, like, judging it up, buying the uh, Italian packed in oil tuna, and I mix it with mayonnaise, um, red pepper flakes, black cracked pepper and then I use Duke's mayonnaise which is like because I'm now an adopted southerner so it's really good and if you have a little bit of lemon add that Um, mix it all up and then like traditionally this was kind of like a like a Provero, the poor food, where you would just like. I guess I'm one of those weirdos who likes candy corn or is a candy corn or corn candy. Either way, I'm down to my last bag after the Halloween splurge. Uh, I guess I'll just have to wait till next year to get some more candy corn or corn candy because uh, that's the only time they have it out. Boo hoo. And now, Chelsea Dawn.
pesticides. Uh, there was a period of time where I, I don't drink anymore, um, but there was a period of time where I would go to the casino and me and my mom would get Blue Moon, right? And we'd sit in the mm-hmm. slot machine and just drink it. Uh, and there is, I could drink it, no problem. I feel like I don't digest alcohol very well uh, to begin with, so I would, you know, that was like a whole separate ordeal. But there was a period of time where I was able to drink it, and it wasn't an issue, and I enjoyed it. Fast forward a few years later. I was drinking Blue Moon at the casino with my mom, and I immediately turned into a balloon. And I was like, what is going... Like, I, I always, like, play with my feet up. So, like, <laughs> I'm, like, squishing my stomach. And I couldn't sit it like that. I was like, I need to go lay down. Because I am a... I'm, like, going to fly away. This was Willy Wonka, wasn't it? You're blowing up like a balloon. Like a- yes, exactly. I drank the fizzy bubbly. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I almost floated off into the ceiling. And then I was like, I can't drink this anymore. And, but if there is a lick of pesticides, like if you go to the UK, and this is like something that's been going around like TikTok, people are like obviously moving away from the United States. And a lot of people are talking about how they're dropping 20 pounds, 15, 20 pounds, just going to the UK and still being able to eat all their like, shitty american cereals and all of the box mac and cheese but because they you can't use pesticides and you can't use you know these certain ingredients that are banned we had in california british owned fresh and easy i remember that and the concept was taking what worked in great britain and bringing it here and the american consumer did not respond to that the stores didn't feel like an american grocery store uh the Food products were incredible. Uh, they had just these frozen, frozen uh, dishes that it, uh, was buying up by stacks and, and putting it in the freezer. And I, I saw uh, Fresh and Easy like as being the next step above Trader Joe's. Uh, of course, they went out of business, and Walmart did a knockoff of them, the neighborhood grocery store, and so you could get your shit at the neighborhood grocery store down there. Excrement. I think that the further that we move into the consumerism, food industry, the sicker we're just getting. You mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago Zopatoscana. So, of course, I made my own. (laughs) Olive Garden. The thing saving and keeping Olive Garden in business right now is their Zopatoscana. And actually, the the version I have made vegetarian-friendly And let me tell you, like, my happy place right now is the mixture of non-meat product and lightly dancing into being able to use, like, butter and, like, and I can get away with, you know, not having to use, like, heavy cream and that kind of thing, coconut cream by itself, and then use a a filler of, um, like, a thick oat milk. I get away with that. I just add like extra pepper or something. That that whole soup is, it's the pepper. That's the flavor for the soup. Yeah. It's black pepper, lots of it. It's And that makes it work. It's delicious. And honestly, you know, you use some impossible meat. That's been working. And I like that. 
I managed to recreate a soup from my childhood. My, my friend David's mother made a thing called Slovak soup. I've looked it up. It's called Kapustniak. And it's a sauerkraut and sausage soup. That sounds amazing. And uh, there's all kinds of recipes online now, but it's just this incredible flavor of uh, sauerkraut. Um, the way she would make it, and I still make it the same way, it would be sauerkraut, and then there was mushrooms, some barley, and uh, originally a really good uh, kielbasa Polish sausage. I made a vegan version of it, and it was just as good, and I didn't feel like shit. Excrement. I think um, that brings us back to fire. All right, so we got to cook at home. And uh, use fire <laughs> and uh, fire. Yeah. Cooking with gas. Two and a quarter pounds of sauerkraut, one tablespoon of shortening, one small garlic sausage, six steaks two onions, two cloves of garlic, one quart of beer or more, three cloves, six potatoes, one tablespoon of flour, a half cup of kirsch or French cherry brandy, one teaspoon of powdered sugar. Of course, you will have bought raw sauerkraut. Wash it thoroughly and drain all the juice. In a big pot, brown the steaks in shortening. When they are golden, replace them with the sliced onion and the crushed garlic. As soon as the latter have become transparent, add beer, sauerkraut, cloves, ground under a bottle, salt, pepper, and again, the steaks. Cover the pot and bake at 350 degrees for four hours. Starting with the second hour, watch the level of the gravy. If it's too low, add beer. Half an hour before the dish is ready, add the sausage and the potatoes. To serve, arrange the steaks slices of sausage, and potatoes around the dish. Keep it warm. To the sauerkraut, add flour and sugar mixed with the liquor. Let it boil a while and stir. The gravy will thicken. Pour into the center of the dish and serve. Father Hans Sauerkraut from Le Diner de Gala, Salvador Dali, 1973. Um, my favorite drink is super, super sour lemonade. Have a good day. DoorDash, Uber Eats, gig economy work. We got Rappi, Didi, all the drivers are underpaid and overexploited. But the really messed up part about food delivery apps is Let's be honest, no one is tipping. Everyone's broke. They think they deserve their food when they get it and no one's tipping a goddamn cent. I mean, I tip the, a little bit more than the mini, minimum. But I'm telling you, the people who really don't tip, you're not tipping. If you're a millionaire, it's fucked up. I'm telling you, the biggest tippers are always 
people that have worked in the restaurant industry. If you've been a waiter, you know you tip in your your KFC guy three bucks min minimum because you know you know what it's like to live on tips and no one's freaking tipping you so i think people should tip you know i'm not saying i'm like this extravagant tipper but i go a little bit over than what you should in los angeles i'm sorry my bitchy um little cafe worker that's giving me an eye roll when she gives me my chai latte and I give her a huge cheesy smile. No, I I ain't tipping you more than 15% for a $6 coffee. No, thank you. Thank you. In a world of flaw. Vienna correctly. I just love it. Tatiana Cherniowska, Malmo, Sweden. What more can you lose yourself in completely? In the authenticity, with all to do with nature and these deities and characters, myths and, of course, legends. If only we forget this giant heap of plastic, Condoms and styrofoam, cardboard and bubble wrappings that humans have made and are so hysterical about. Are we not fit to loathe? How many are there like us? Like was said to me earlier in the week, have you tried keeping it to yourself? And how about you? Are you still watching black and white reruns of the 60s cooking program on Amazon Prime? It's free for you. Discounted pasta with boy oh boy label is what I have. Can't complain for that money. And all the water comes in an aluminum crate. There is a lot of irony outside. Keep it to yourself, keep to small talk and drivel, isn't it the proof that humans laugh and groan, bark and smirk in greatest hilarity over its little bubble, of which with few words we could tear it apart. But let us not do that. Wouldn't that be upsetting to the party of the lesser knowns? America is so strange. Oh, consumer. Where people who are rich, or are landlords or even middle management, get their power kicks from controlling us. 1960s Julia Child crashed your streaming Roku. And there were other television cooks. Galloping Gourmet. Frugal Gourmet, Naked Chef, Iron Chef, Master Chef, Lovely Chef, Mr. Food and the Creole guy that carried his intestines on the outside, called them Andouille and Chow Rice. Yeah. 
I am sure the US had plenty of jokes written like that. I don't underestimate your sense of humor. If you can get out of the postmodern illusion is another matter. Kenneth, what is the frequency? What's your band? Don't eat the flum. This is Radio Flum. It's not just a question of replacing pasta with rice, or of preferring one dish to another, but of inventing new foods. Many mechanical and scientific changes have come into effect in the practical life of mankind that is also possible to achieve culinary perfection and to organize various tastes, smells, and functions, something which until yesterday would have seemed absurd because the general conditions of existence were so difficult. We must, by continually varying types of food and their combinations, kill off the old, deeply rooted habits of the palate and prepare men for future chemical foodstuffs. We may even prepare mankind for the not-too-distant possibility of broadcasting nourishing waves over the radio. F.D. Marinetti, Nourishment by Radio, from the Futurist Cookbook, 1932. Translated by Suzanne Brill, 1989. Now, an exclusive art mix from Sacramento's very own DJ Flor Vado, who is known as DJ Larry, or straight up Larry Rodriguez. You can find him streaming mixes almost every day on Twitch with show info at Flower Vado DJ Larry on Instagram. Flor Vado, exclusively on Radio Flom for almost the next hour.
des huttes. Un jour, qu'ils étaient absents, les femmes descendirent du ciel et volèrent toute la viande. se reproduisit le lendemain et les hommes qui ignoraient l'existence des femmes placèrent lapins en guetteur mais lapin dormit tout le temps et la viande grillée fut volée Le jour suivant, Perroquet prit la garde, caché dans un arbre, et il vit les femmes qui avaient un vagin denté. D'abord, silencieux et immobile, Perroquet jeta un fruit de l'arbre sur les femmes qui festoyaient en dessous. Les femmes s'accusent d'abord l'une l'autre, puis elles découvrent Perroquet et se le disputent comme mari. Elles échangent des projectiles dont l'un s'égare et vient couper la langue de perroquet. Devenu muet, réduit à s'exprimer par geste, 
il ne peut faire comprendre aux hommes ce qui s'est passé. qui se tenait cachée en haut d'un arbre. Pendant deux jours, ils essayèrent de saisir le reflet, mais en vain.
going to do a dance in a song. The flip, flop, fly. When I say flip, you flip. When I say flop, you flop. When I say fly, we'll all fly. Flip flop fly, flip flop fly, you flip I'll flop, we'll both fly. Flip flop fly, now you're my guy. Now let's all try to do the flip flop fly. I go man go, oh oh oh, we're all doing the flip flop fly. A flip flop fly, a flip flop fly, away up in the sky. I walked in outer space, we'll go where the wind so softly blows. Through the clouds hanging low, touching the stars, Jupiter and Mars. Go man, go! Oh, oh, oh! We're all doing the flip flop fly, flip flop fly. You're my guy. Clips and tries to do the flip flop fly, flip flop fly, flip flop fly. You flip, I'll flop, we'll both fly, flip flop fly. You're my guy. Way up in the no more taxes, no more bills, just doing the flip flop fly. Then we'll fly to the moon, we doing the flip flop fly.
So everybody say hello. Harambe.
ที่ล้อมใจให้แสนรันจวนหุ้นให้ฝันถึงอันนั้น
da mi vida diera por tener el corazón tranquilo donde quiera que voy te llevo a ti aquí muy dentro cada instante que paso no puedo separarte de mi pensamiento es tan grande mi pasión por ti que si un día me despreciaras no habría razón de existir mi bien y la pena me matara hubiera sido mejor No existiría incertidumbre, dudas, celos, ni rencor. No habría razón de existir mi pie y la pena me matara Hubiera sido mejor el no haberte conocido No existiría incertidumbre, dudas, celos, ni rencor No existiría
कुल अजाए नशारी वही जुआया केसीरी कुल अजाए नशारी वही जुआया केसीरी इबुजया के जमीरी पचे कुसी मामा ये मुझे आके जमीरी असी पचे कुसी मामा कुल आ जाए नशारी वही जुआया
I'm right now listening to Radio Flam and enjoying it immensely. To keep you feeling on top of the world, medical knowledge proves that nature should produce about two pints of liver bile, the vital digestive juice your liver makes, each day. Therefore, do as thousands now do. Take Carter's Little Liver Pill, because Carter's gently help you to that glorious feeling that goes with regularity. So take genuine Carter's Little Liver Pills, as directed tonight. Get Carter's at any drugstore. 25 cents. You know Carter's pills don't really work for hives, right? Okay, another thing that I love to do, even when I have, like, low energy, is I get a chicken and I roast it. And just the smell of it, it makes me feel so cozy and comforted. And I'll, like, bong in a bunch of, like, vegetables in the roasting pan, like carrots and potatoes, some herbs, onions... And then just chuck it all in, heat it up on high, 400, and then it makes the house smell so good, and I feel like less of a loser. And then I've got a great meal. Radio Flom is sponsored in part by Carter's Little Liver Pills. They do the work of calomel without the serious mercury poisoning. Plus, you can learn to juggle little pills, a vaudeville act that really needs to have its day again. Diego Valier, LTHM Streaming on soundcloud.com slash Diego Valier Music, plus YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Seventh Swami. At seventhswami.com. We'd be lost without him. Because he tells us where to go a lot of the time. Nayers Art Walks. Go to London, walk through museums, learn things you never considered about art. Start at nayersartwalks.com And the sponsor who tells us not to talk while chewing because it makes too much noise. Squadcast.fm Remote interviews for professional podcasters. The best way to record people who are not actually in front of you for podcasts. Squadcast makes it all happen, with beautiful noise cleanup and now, a Dolby option. Yes, you too can be a professional podcaster and still not have to wear pants. What's up with the Ukraine? Putin doesn't want nukes on his doorstep. That's it? That's it. Look it up. Everything else, hype. If he wanted to invade, it could happen pretty damn fast. From Sacramento, the heart of California, and around the world, this has been Radio Flom, featuring a cast of dozens. Appearing on tonight's episode, in order, were... Steve Wishman George Wishman Lorraine Roquette Steve Mealo Lauren Richardson Finkel Evelyn Nia Beatrice 
Aubrey Evalo. Neon Cogirl. Word City Coffee. Jess Mill. Cathy Bear. Frankie. Madeleine MC Ini. Angry Pasta. Cruzée MC Knight. Greg Berger. Orion Saint-Prigny. The Orion Experience. Milk Surface. Isabella Orodin. Gab Sanfort. Milestone. Andel. Able Machine. Patrick Grimsley. Switchblade Kittens. Monica Oday. Cupa Joe Coffee. Peta Beta. Serena. Dixie of Dits on It. Kadirin. Enra. Chelsea Down. Darling Jelly. Tristicia Langorem. Dustin. Continuity provided by. Jason Spear. Audrey Daggett. Felicia Montenegro. Vicky Brown. Et. Shark. Radio Flam is produced by. Milk Surface. Theme music by Chelsea Davis. Sound design and engineering by Steve Mahalo. Radio Flom is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. However, recordings of contributors or guests of Radio Flom are still protected under international copyright laws. All episodes can be downloaded for your convenience. Radio Flom contains works featured for review, opinion, critique, parody, and or artistic transformation, and will contain adult content and nudity. Flom is a faux modern art movement, art history resource that promotes learning and education through new and alternative media. Flom is your online connection to art history, music, and beyond through Instagram, Twitter, and other social media. We are all Flomets. You can be too. Donations gratefully accepted at patreon.com slash flomus. Or just buy us a coffee at flom.us slash coffee. We are at Flomus on most social media. Flom is sometimes explained, but usually not. This is Kid OK saying thank you for listening. And if you don't like this podcast, do something about it. Take a walk among the fossil meats of the Diplodocus. You will not be permitted to eat rocks. However, I will let you devour, on certain Sundays, whole icebergs. Salvador Darwin.